the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back into the Bruce Woolley Show, 98.9 FM, The Answer. Are you seeking a lucrative side hustle? Then I need to tell you about the Alpha Beta Report. The guys at the Alpha Beta Report provide you education, instruction, real-world simulation on the markets, trading, crypto, and uh, I've been hanging around the edge of these guys for a while now, just watching, listening, learning, and I'm super impressed. They don't only pontificate, they have proof, they have receipts that they have helped themselves and others take small sums of money and turn them into towering assets. You can learn more about that by going to alphabetareport.com. That's alphabetareport.com. And when you get there, You'll see my smiling face. Actually, I'm not really smiling, Jeff. I kind of look kind of look grumpy. <laughs> Nonetheless, there's a green button there. You click on that green button and uh, type in my last name, W-I-N-D-S-O-R, just like in Canada, just like the royal family, Windsor. And the guys there will give you a discount on whatever it is that you do with them. So thank you to the Alpha Beta Report for all of the incredible work that you've brought forward for people to benefit and profit from. And also thank you for your continued support of the Ohio Press Network. Uh, Working on Jenny Tear, she will be joining us at some point to discuss some incredible things that she has discovered through her record requests involving the border. She's an investigative and immigration reporter for uh, the Daily Wire, and uh, I'm sorry, Daily Caller uh, News Foundation and has done some incredible work. She was most recently highlighted by Judicial Watch, which, by the way, if you're not following what Tom Fitton and the group is doing over there, you need to. They announced today that uh, Ashley Babbitt's husband has um, filed records requests with the FBI to seek all of the information that they have on his deceased wife. That's going to be an interesting um tranche of documents when they eventually do come forward. I'm certain that it's going to take some legal wrangling, but you know what? That's why Judicial Watch exists. Uh, I talked earlier about the anniversary of the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, that resulted in the burn-off of um, chemicals that can cause serious, serious harm. And, um, you know, last week, Attorney General Dave Yost talked about his vow to get answers for the state's lawsuit against Norfolk Southern and the absence of a full statement of facts from the primary investigating agency. He said, uh, this anniversary fuels so many emotions and it's understandable to want to bring this uh, despairing chapter to a close, but rushing matters would be a disservice to the community as we still need answers to so many questions 
Those answers will help us ensure the tragedies like this don't happen again in Ohio or elsewhere. Now, you may remember disaster struck East Palestine on February 3rd, 2023, the night that uh, the Norfolk Southern train carrying hazardous chemicals derailed in what is eastern Columbiana County, triggering the chemicals to release into the soil, water, and atmosphere, and forcing the evacuation of thousands of area residents. The National Transportation Safety Board is investigating the cause of the derailment, but has yet to issue its completed findings. In March, the Attorney General filed a 58-count federal lawsuit seeking to hold Norfolk Southern financially responsible for the derailment. Uh, Yost is anticipating that the National Transportation Safety Board, NTSB, findings in hopes that they answer critical questions regarding details of the inspection, maintenance, maintenance and use of the rail car on which the bearing failed, what responsibilities the owners and shipper of the failed bearing car and the cars containing hazardous materials had to Norfolk Southern, the criteria for the placement inspection and type of wayside safety equipment and detectors, where changes made to the system to make it more dif- uh, more efficient, where were, where were changes and were there changes, I guess is the better question, um, whether adjusted heat detection could be used and could have prevented the accident, how the cars containing vinyl chloride were maintained and equipped with safety equipment, whether aluminum safety valves rather than steel valves had an effect, factors that went into the vent and burn decision regarding the cars containing hazardous materials. So discussion about East Palestine, you know, continued over the weekend. And um, in fact, I'm going to let you listen to a few things here. Um, Real America Voice was in town, and uh, while in town, interviewed Rick Tsai, T-S-A-I, who's also running for Congress now, by the way, and uh, he is describing the current conditions in his interview with uh, Ben Berkwam, um, R-A-V, Real America's Voice, And uh, this is what he had to say currently. This isn't back then. This is uh, over the weekend, East Palestine. Let's go to cut seven. Joe Biden is finally coming. He hasn't set foot in this town since this has happened. So we're going to be talking to the folks about that. But Rick, just in a nutshell, what has the last year been for you guys? So the whole town is fractured, both uh, mentally and some physically. I've been documenting the creeks for over a year now. Uh, Just this weekend, I took media down, and right in that area there, I dug dry dirt from the bank, chopped it up, threw it in the creek, and chemicals come right out of the dirt. The EPA says they can't find any evidence of chemicals. Uh, I could teach a seven-year-old to do that, and they can't find it with their millions of dollars. And a reminder, Joe Biden has yet to be there. Donald Trump has been there uh, a couple times, I think. Um, But Cy is a a doctor, and he has suffered some ailments and uh, treated 
ailments. And he had this to say about that in the same interview. So here's uh, cut eight. What did, what did you see? So when you're treating people, what, what kind of uh, illnesses, what are you seeing? So rashes, headaches. Uh, I myself suffered welts, uh, a lot of diarrhea, gastric problems are very common. Um, so I was the only doctor that I know that consistently uh, went against the CDC and tested uh, people's blood. And a high ratio of people came up with uh, benzene and vinyl chloride metabolites in their blood. The EPA would say, well, maybe they pumped gas that day and got gas on their hands. Um, it's criminal what happened here and what's still happening here. Despite his finding, he claims that the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, has failed to identify any evidence of chemical contamination. This discrepancy, he says, is one of the reasons he has decided to run for Congress. I'm going against two established politicians embedded like Alabama ticks, and I'm going to pry them out, and I'm going to win this vote for me, he said. That's what he declared. Um His account of the situation in East Palestine paints a stark picture of a community still grappling with the aftermath of disaster, feeling abandoned by the government and desperate for justice. And uh, his story, as reported by Berkwam, provides a glimpse into the struggles of a forgotten community on the eve of a presidential visit. So um, I want to... Boy, I don't have time to really – I'll do it at the top of the next segment. But Steve Bannon actually talked about this on The War Room, which is his podcast. And he has uh, he has quite a take on it. And so when we come back, I want to play for you that clip of uh, Bannon and what he believes uh, East Palestine is truly suffering. And uh, reminder, Beth Lear will be here. She's out knocking doors, by the way. She's out working hard. Uh, for upcoming elections. So we'll hear from her in a bit about what to expect on Wednesday in the General Assembly. So stay tuned. A lot more on The Bruce Hooley Show. Hey, welcome back in. I want to tell you about our friends at the Freedom Foundation. They have been freeing government employees from union bondage, and you can learn how to wiggle free, save yourself about $1,000 a year on average, and keep that money away from union bosses. And look, we know that they almost exclusively support progressive ideologies and candidates. So if you go to optouttoday.com, that's optouttoday.com, you will see how simple and seamless it is to opt out of your union. And just remember, if you're trying to get a government job, you don't have to join the union to get it. If you have a government job, you don't have to join the union to keep it. And if you're not in the union, you don't have to pay union dues. I didn't say that. The Supreme Court said that in the Janus case. And the Freedom Foundation has been helping people understand that for the past five years. So thank you to the Freedom Foundation for their continued support of the Ohio Press Network. Okay, I want to bring her right in. Uh, She is an immigration investigative reporter at the Daily Caller News Foundation. Uh, Jenny Terre, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Look, you showed up on my radar when uh, Secretary Pete Buttigieg made a really odd comment to you regarding East Palestine. And uh, before we get into what you've uncovered about an Al-Shabaab terrorist 
uh, maybe the Ambassadors Club and a Mayorkas memo, I'd be remiss if I didn't get your uh, the follow through on oh, did anything happen after that with Buttigieg? And how do you feel about the federal government's, I don't know, lack of progress in East Palestine, Ohio? Well, as you know, this happened about a year ago now, and I approached Secretary Buttigieg in Washington, D.C., uh, in a public area on the sidewalk. He was, at the time, facing a lot of scrutiny for his handling of the East Palestine train derailment, and people were demanding that he visit the area. When I questioned him, I just simply asked him what his message was to the people of East Palestine, and it seemed to really strike a nerve with him, and that video went viral obviously. And he, you know, said that basically uh, he was on personal time and that he wouldn't be answering most of my questions and referred me to his office and his previous statements on the news and and seemed very agitated by me. Um, Since then, you know, the president now a year later is visiting East Palestine. Um, I think a lot of the residents there think it's too little, too late. Uh, Another thing we've discovered in the last year is that we did receive a Freedom of Information Act, uh, some emails through Freedom of Information Act that showed that when, um, you know, of course, when I encountered Secretary Buttigieg, he did take my photo um, and he did send that photo uh, to his staff, um, just kind of putting them on alert about me. It almost and and when you say alert, maybe he's going to spin it as I wanted to alert them that if she has any information to just be helpful. I looked at it as a a bullying tactic, like he was really trying to intimidate you and then let his staff know, hey, we're not going to help this person out. Is that how you looked at it? I definitely uh, felt like it was an awkward uh, thing to ask of a reporter, and I had identified myself as as you know, Jenny Terre with the Daily Caller News Foundation from the start of my questioning, and he had secret service with him, and no one laid hands on me. So if I was a threat, I would think that, you know, they would have done something more right at the time. Absolutely. Well, listen, um, I know we've got limited time, so let me let me toggle over to this. Um, I want to talk about, uh, and by the way, you do incredible work. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, you've uncovered something about an Al-Shabaab terrorist. Before we get there, uh, this seems timely to me, so I want to I want to put this out in front of our listeners first. There's a Senate bill being considered uh, for budget uh, uh, budget spending or budget spending, border yeah. spending. You uncovered a memo from um, Secretary Mayorkas, though. Tell our listeners what you found in that memo that's pretty disturbing. Well, so this is a recent memo that went out internally uh, in. Immigration and Customs Enforcement about the arrest of an Al-Shabaab terrorist. This person came to the country illegally in March through the southern border in California. He was apprehended by Border Patrol at the time. They ran his name through their system. It did come up on the terror watch list, but for some reason, they deemed him a mismatch on the watch list. So he was eventually released into the country made his way to Minnesota, and from there, he was finally nabbed in January of this year uh, after ICE had made the determination that this person was, in fact, not a mismatch on the terror watch list and that they were, in fact, a member of Al-Shabaab from Somalia, a 27-year-old who was involved in weapons and uh, 
firearms manufacturing and movement. So it's very interesting to think about what someone like that may have accomplished within almost a year in the country. Yeah, almost. Yeah. So 11 months, almost a year. And I've heard you say before, well, some people say, well, he's, he hasn't done anything. He didn't do anything. Whew, at least we got him out of here. And your response, I thought, was brilliant. Well, there were a lot of people on uh, 9-11 who didn't have a record until they did. Um, does this give you a little bit of heartburn when you think about the open border and maybe the black swan event that some people in the press are talking about that may happen in 2024? I think that it's very discouraging for our Border Patrol agents whose job it is to protect and defend the country and to ensure that threats like this aren't coming across the border. I think that part of this situation, um, you know, what could happen when people who are bad actors are trying to exploit our southern border, they, you know, have ways to get in, unfortunately, which is something that a lot of these agents have told me. Um, and apparently, even if you're on the watch list, you have a way to get in, which, which is kind of something that is extremely shocking about this case. Um, so with this new border bill as well, as we want to talk about that, you know, there are still opportunities for what we call catch and release for people to come into the country and still get released, even though this is something that people like Senator Cinema, who were part of the negotiations of this bill, promised that the legislation would put an end to. So we've got about 45 seconds here, and I hate to do this to you, but you uh, you have proof of Alejandro Mayorkas stating if someone's here illegally, that's really no reason to deport them. Is that correct? Yeah, so this is a public memo, actually, from uh, the beginning of the Biden administration. They issued uh, this directive to immigration authorities about prosecutorial discretion, saying that they would limit uh, enforcement actions. And in that memo, Secretary Mayorkas put in writing that if you are here illegally, and that's the sole reason that we would need to take enforcement, we just wouldn't do it, essentially. I asked the ICE director about this last week, actually, at a press conference, and he defends the move, saying that they just don't have the resources to be able to go after that. Uh, but it, it does, um, you know, make me question a lot of things when I talk to actual ICE uh, deportation officers and, and folks working in the field offices that say uh, that they're not best utilizing their time right now because what they're doing is they're helping finish the processing of migrants who come across the southern border, are apprehended by Border Patrol, and need court dates. Well, we are out of time right now, uh, but we were able to make contact, which is fantastic, and I, I want to have you back. Uh, quickly, give us Thank your you. Twitter account so that folks can follow you there. Yeah, it's Jenny S. Tear on Twitter, J-E-N-N-I-E-S-T-A-E-R. Thank you so much. Jenny, thank you. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Hey, stay tuned. Rick Grinnell, National Intelligence Director under Donald Trump, will be with us next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.